0: um so the second sunday of advent is focused on peace and the testimony of the angels and um jesus is called the prince of peace so if you were paying attention last week to the passage of scripture that i quoted last week the focus is hope and the testimony of the prophets and in isaiah It says, unto us a son is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace, right? So here we are in a world that is filled with so much strife, struggle, conflict, and Jesus comes to bring peace. In fact, that's what Jesus promised, and we're gonna look at this in more depth today. But Jesus said, uh, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And then he said, I do not give as the world gives. So Jesus' peace is different than what the world gives. And once again, we're gonna be talking about that. Um, But what I like to consider as we look at the biblical account is that the opposite of peace is not really conflict. I think the opposite of peace is fear. And Jesus brings a peace that dispels fear, that moves fear to the, to, uh, to the, the side, and allows us to pursue a life that is in complete trust with him. Um, we find that the angel Gabriel visits a number of people in the Christmas story And again and again, when an angel appears in a human's presence, they uh, express fears. Zechariah was afraid and Mary expressed concern and uh, Joseph saw the angel in his dream. And there are all these concerns and these fears, but the angels are always saying the same thing, do not fear, right? Uh, And then a host of angels appeared to the shepherds. And next week, we're gonna look at the testimony of the shepherds and joy. And uh, when that host of angels appeared, they said, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace to those on whom, with whom God is pleased or upon whom his favor rests. So God offers that peace. And uh, that's what we're gonna talk about today. Um, if you have a bulletin and you wanna follow along with our outline, uh, then uh, we'll start with that right now. Um, peace on earth, then, is not the absence of conflict. There's always going to be conflict until Jesus comes back and removes all of God's enemies from the earth. But as long as we're down here and we're trying to live for Jesus, there are going to be those who are not. And those who are not are going to be uh, opposed to the work of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus and the presence of Jesus, right? Um, so number two, in a fallen world, there will always be those who reject Jesus as Lord and resist his ways. So um, in Matthew 10, 34 through 36, Jesus says something surprising, even shocking. He says, I didn't come to bring peace, but I came to bring, bring a sword. What? He said, I came to set uh, families against one another and friends against one another. Well, this is one of those paradoxical things that Jesus says, one of those shocking things that Jesus says that oftentimes people just bounce over. But the reality is, if you stand up for Jesus, you're going to encounter resistance. You're going to have difficulty. You're going to... you're going to be the recipient of persecution. In fact, I was talking with somebody, somebody who was sharing with me about that today. Um, if you live your life for Jesus and you're, you're really sincere about it, there are going to be those who are unhappy with that and they're gonna persecute you. But Jesus said, you are blessed when you're persecuted because that's exactly what they did with the prophets that came before you. So we're not looking for a peace that is the absence of conflict. Um, Now, that doesn't mean that we should sow seeds of conflict. Uh, You know, there there are enough problems. I, I think oftentimes we consider that the holidays are a time for families, and they are. But, you know, just as often when families gather, there is an increase in conflict, isn't there? um there's there are internal difficulties with families and these days families may come down on opposite sides of the political spectrum and so uh, you may have to be really you know watching what you say uh, because you don't want to offend anybody and and so forth um so if you stand for jesus you're going to encounter that and we don't need to be those who seek out conflict but we need to be willing to fight for our faith we need to be willing to stand up and speak the truth in love so that's uh, what i have as number three as Christ's followers we must fight in faith speaking the truth in love that's what we're commanded to do in ephesians chapter 4. it says we need to always uh, be ready to give an answer for our faith and then it says we need to speak the truth in love and uh, put christ before our own desires and our own wants and our own even desire for favor and uh, for acceptance. A lot of times we'll just be real quiet about our faith because we don't want uh, people to reject us. But if they reject you because of your faith in Jesus, then you're blessed. So um, be ready for that. Now, earlier I alluded to this, but number four is the opposite of peace is not conflict, but it is fear. And we see the seeds of fear being sown all over the place. It seems to me that the media and politicians, uh, world governments, are thriving on fear as a means to control people, as a means to get people to do what they say. And you know, we, we have, a, as I mentioned last week, and you're seeing all over the news, there's a new variant of the uh, of um, the the so-called COVID 19. And that's just going to happen. This particular virus is now endemic. That means it's just gonna keep rattling around and rattling around. And you know, we can keep being afraid, or we can learn to rely on the Lord and take the proper measures, uh, be wise about our decisions and be wise about our interactions. But we're going to trust the Lord. We're not gonna run around and be afraid. Be afraid. Um, number five, Jesus promised to leave his followers with peace of mind. So. Uh, you know, I've told you guys again and again, going all the way back to the beginning of the pandemic, that what we need to do is we need to pay attention to the Holy Spirit and the leadership of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is going to keep you out of situations where you might encounter trouble and difficulty and uh, you know, where it, I, there are boundaries that we are supposed to live our lives within and that's what the law was about. But Christ writes the law on our hearts and the Holy Spirit is there to give us comfort and counsel and to guide us moment by moment through the day because it's a dangerous world folks let's just be honest it's just a day you're not going to escape that you can hide inside your house all day long but you're just still somebody can still break in your house it's a dangerous world bad things happen to people all the time and Jesus comes to offer us that protection that salvation Um, And if we're paying attention to him, then he's gonna keep us from that trouble. Uh, The scripture says, Psalm 91, I've quoted it over and over again in here. Psalm 91, by the way, is a great psalm to read when you're afraid, when you're afraid of things that are going on that you can't control out there in the world. Um, But it starts off, Psalm 91, one, those who dwell in the shelter of the Most High, right? Those who stay sheltered with the Most High rest or will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. See, you can rest when you trust the Lord. You don't have to fear, even though there are reasons to be, if you pay attention to the news, you're gonna be afraid often. Uh, you know, I I don't watch the news anymore on television. I just don't, because all they're trying to do is get you to keep watching and stirring up trouble and stirring up conflict and stirring up fear. Um, I told you guys this before, but I have a news uh, a an app that aggregates the news. That means it collects news from all these different sources. And then it rates them as to whether they are right or center or left in their orientation. Because these days we don't have Walter Cronkite just reading the news. We have people editorializing and telling you what to think and what to feel and calling the opposition all kinds of horrible names. I, I don't need that. I don't need all that drama. You don't need that you can eliminate a whole lot of stress in your life by just turning off the news right but stay informed i'm not saying be ignorant Um, so this this app that i use is called ground news like your feet are on the ground or like a a ground there's positive and there's the the negative in electricity and then there's the ground Um, so that's what it's called find a way of paying attention to what's going on out there but don't let all of these talking heads tell you what to think And, you know, you may have a favorite politician, a favorite governor, a favorite congressman, you know, uh, whatever, but they're going to lean hard one direction or the other if they're getting a lot of support. It's hard to find people that are in the middle these days. So think for yourself, read the word, and let the Lord minister His peace to you. The Holy Spirit is going to bring that peace to you, all right? Now, If you were here a year ago this sounds a whole lot like the message that i preached on that advent sunday a year ago sadly things have not changed (laughs) i mean we're not wearing masks most of us but nonetheless you know it's it's the same thing right it's it's part two or part three of the of the same story but um i quoted this earlier off the top of my head but this is john 14 27 Um, jesus said peace i leave with you my peace i give to you i do not give you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be fearful. So being troubled, being fearful, that's the opposite of peace. but Christ comes to give you peace of mind. He comes to give you that internal uh, rest that you can take with you wherever you go. So I don't know what your life is like uh, life is like. some of us our lives are very, very uh, full and uh, there's, there's just all sorts of people in your life. And if there are people in your life, then you're going to be dealing with conflict. That's just the nature of it. Uh, people often disagree. And, but you can carry peace into each and every situation where you go. It's not you're waiting for these people to stop arguing with you, right? No, you're bringing peace into that situation. One of the Bible verses that I have our children memorize and adults that are in our karate club is um, Proverbs 15.1. And it says, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So oftentimes, when somebody speaks harshly to you, negatively to you, they confront you. What do you want to do? You want to answer in kind. But what the scripture says is, no, a gentle answer turns away that wrath. A a gentle answer is like a gentle breeze. A gentle answer is like a, a gentle shower and it turns away the fire of that wrath from you. And so that's what we need to learn to do. That doesn't mean that your emotions won't rise up and you won't want to answer angrily, but what I'm trying to say is that if the Spirit of God is dwelling in you, then you have peace within you. That's the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. That's what the Spirit brings. So rather than working on all of these individual fruits of the Spirit and saying, I gotta work on peace today. I need peace. I need to work on patience today. I I need to be more loving today. What I need to do is work on focusing my attention on the Holy Spirit, paying attention to the Holy Spirit, letting Him fill me, letting Him overflow me, and then those things are going to be a part of my nature and I'm gonna bring peace into those situations. And when people come into your home, they should come into a place of peace. Eliminate all these sources of drama and conflict and anger and violence. I mean, oftentimes friends, let's just be honest, we're inviting this into our homes because of the the types of entertainment that we engage in the things that we put in on as music or or movies or video games you know we're bringing that into our homes it's almost like we're we're addicted to to conflict we're we're addicted to anger we're we're even addicted to fear and you know we bring those things in don't invite those things in keep on the outside of your door your place your home should be a place of peace When people come into your home, they should sense peace. When people come into this church, they should sense peace. And I hope you do sense peace. There are people that pray over this church, and we care about you, and it's important. So when you step through these doors, I hope that you sense that there is peace, and we want to offer that to you. All right? Um, And number six is also a verse, and this is from Isaiah 26.3. It says, you will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is steadfast, because he trusts in you. See, trust is just that, that internal leaning on the Lord, right? See, the Lord can be there, and he can be offering that opportunity for you to lean on him and trust him, but you can be saying, no, no, I just, I can't, I can't. I, I've told the children in our karate class, can't is the worst four-letter word there is. There are other four-letter words that are offensive, and I don't want these kids ever, you know, let them cut out of their mouth. But I'm guaranteeing you the the most detrimental four-letter word is can't. Because can't means won't. Can't means you don't. So I will not put myself in the position to say that word over me. I realize that if I choose to trust, moment by moment, however hard that seems, if I choose to trust in the Lord, then I can rest in the Almighty and that peace is offered to you and I, and there it is in Isaiah 26.3. So everywhere you turn, uh, there's fear mongers and there are spreaders of bad news, and, uh, but we need to realize that Jesus died and he rose to overcome the world. See, that's what we have that, that others in the world don't have. Jesus overcame the world with his resurrection the sin of the world was bearing down on jesus he took the sin of the world on his shoulders and he died on the cross but he didn't stay dead or the world would have overcome him he died for our transgressions but he rose for our justification if jesus hadn't risen from the dead you and i could not be right with god he had to die and he had to rise he overcame the world so that overcoming christ is who comes into my life and comes into your life, and he's in your heart, then the Lord of your life, the Lord of lords, will give you that overcoming power as well. Um, I love this, uh, this verse um, in John, 1 John 5, 4. It says, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. See, it is my faith in Christ who has overcome the world that enables me to overcome and enables me to to overpower the things in the world that want to overpower me and to have that abiding peace that will never go away. Here's another verse that Jesus gave us regarding his peace and this is just a little further along in John. Um, Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. Notice, in me you will have peace. He doesn't promise peace outside of him or outside of faith. He says, in me, you will have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. Amen. Take heart. Be encouraged. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. So what are the things that are are bearing down on you right now? You know, the holidays should be this this time of family and peace and joy, but oftentimes the the holidays are full of strife, right? Full of stress. I can tell you this, when I was a kid, uh, my stepdad used to hate Christmas. And I thought, what is wrong with you, man? Now I understand. (laughs) Because he was the one that had to go out and buy all of this stuff, and it's financial stress, right? And every year, we, have you ever seen all the boxes above the bathrooms in the back of this church? Yeah, n- n- I would say three quarters of that is Christmas stuff. And so every year I think, oh yay, we get to decorate for Christmas, that's so exciting. We get to drag all those boxes down. And now this was fairly smooth this year. Um, I was, was supposed to do this on a particular Sunday that I told you guys about, but we had a low turnout that Sunday and so uh i said hey talk to me and and we'll decorate well i got with pastor craig he showed up on a monday night nicholas came uh tia helped out and we did this that you see all around you buddy we knocked it out amen Amen. (laughs) and so then uh, i got some uh, i got some of my friends to help me put some boxes back up above the bathrooms and uh, yeah you want to help me take it all down that'll be great that's not for a (laughs) while yet but these are the sources of strife, right? I mean, it shouldn't be. I can remember, we used to do House of Judgment every year, right, It was huge production, and thousands of people came through it, they loved it. Do you wanna know the single most difficult scene to decorate? Oh, it was heaven. Heaven was hell. <laughs> I mean, people would come and they would, oh, that's just so beautiful you know and we had you know we had a Jesus that would that would like go out there and look people in the eye and it would just like really move them emotionally and whatever i was like you don't see all the wires behind the scenes over here i remember one year we had these lights all set up right we had this thing and heaven caught on fire <laughs> that was very hellish it's like Shh, you know get the smell out of here we got another group coming in or whatever Hey, when we try to manufacture things, right? When we try to do things on our own, when we struggle and strive to try to make things perfect, often it just makes things worse, doesn't it? Yes. Do you remember the story of Martha and Mary? Yes. Okay. Um, you've got uh, Mary, who's the doer. I'm sorry, Martha, who's the doer. And you've got, got Mary, who is the, 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 the devoted worshiper. And Jesus has come over to their house, And he is teaching and Martha is going gangbusters and she's trying to get things ready for everybody. Right. Because somebody's got to do that. And her her sister is just sitting there at the feet of Jesus listening. And Mary gets so peeved. You you just got to imagine how much uh, boldness this takes that Mary just interrupts Jesus. "Uh, Excuse me, Jesus. ah, Pardon me. Pardon me. ah, See my sister there. You see all this work that i'm doing and here she is sitting there doing nothing tell her to help me i just can't even believe that jesus actually did that or that uh, martha actually did that with jesus and you know if jesus were like a you know a parent a typical parent anyway he would have said mary you can listen to me anytime go help your sister but that's not what jesus said he said martha martha you are worried about so many things. But Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her." Hey, your house doesn't need to be perfect for Christmas. It doesn't. It's not even going to be possible to keep everybody happy. (laughs) It's not. Somebody's going to be unhappy, right? If you don't have time to do it, don't worry about it, all right? just seek to honor the Lord. You know, if you put out half the lights this year, don't worry about the other half of the lights. It's fine, okay? That's, I wanted to put more lights out there, you know, on the window in the front, but I was like, ah, I think that's enough. I think that looks real good. It's just kind of nice. And I love our new figurines. You like our new figurines out there, the Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus? I mean, to tell you, I just take them out of the box and just sit them there. Wow. <laughs> I didn't even take the spotlight down last year. There's a spotlight that's hanging there. It's been hanging there all year long. Hey, why not just leave the Christmas lights up all year long? And then you can just plug them in over Christmas. How about that? Good idea. There is a, there's a, right at the corner of Glenbrook uh, up here. And uh, I think it's Glenbrook and State. There is a little office. It's been sitting there forever. And I think it's got like a roofing contractor or something in it. I am not kidding, they have had a Christmas tree in their window all year long, lit. So we're talking, they never. They didn't take it down and they didn't even unplug it. They're just like, leave it there. (laughs) Just make it easy on yourself, right? Put the focus on Jesus. It doesn't, you don't have to have the best pie, the best cookie, the best, except for next week, okay? So we got Christmas (laughs) on the square here. You gotta bring your best dessert because we're having a contest, okay? But other than that, don't even worry about it. Just, yeah, do, do what you can with what you have and let the Lord work that all out. Because sometimes we just, need to, we just need to learn what not to care about. Amen? You can't care about everything. Really, you can't. And I know this sounds heretical, but you can't care about everybody. You can love people, but that doesn't mean you can help everybody. You can only help who you can help. You can only do what you can do. So you don't need to load your bags with guilt because you can't help every single person because it's just not something that you're going to be able with your means to do. But you can pray for people and you can do your best, right? And then leave the rest to the Lord and rest. Amen? So, um, yeah, Jesus said, in the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So if you are in Christ, then you too are an overcomer. So, um, I like this Uh, today. Really, I almost went a different direction. Instead of talking about peace and focusing on that topic, I almost wanted to put my focus on um, John the Baptist because I just, you know, he's everywhere in all of my reading today. And in fact, I had forgotten that the video that we made last year uh, that had um, Autumn and Felix and uh, Jubilee in it. Uh, that's the end of that, was, hey, John the Baptist came to prepare the way for the Lord. Well, interestingly, uh, at the conclusion of the passage of Scripture, after John has been born, after John the Baptist has been born, his father, Zechariah, is inspired by the Holy Spirit to deliver this beautiful, poetic uh, thing. And at the end of it, he says this, this, that is Zechariah, Zechariah says this about John the Baptist, He said because of god's tender mercy the morning from the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace amen Amen. so last sunday i focused actually on hanukkah i talked briefly about hope and the testimony of the prophets, but I focused on Hanukkah and how it is an opportunity for us to rededicate ourselves to the Lord because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hanukkah is about the rededication of the temple after it had been defiled and had it been abandoned. And I mentioned to you last week, I think that's where a lot of people's faith are is. Am, something like that. It's where a lot of people are. They've, they've polluted their faith, they've diluted their faith, they've abandoned their faith. They've, left their faith unattended. A lot of churches have done that, right? They're running around doing all these activities, but in terms of a biblical faith, they've, they've left that behind. But this season of Hanukkah and Advent, Christmas, it's an opportunity for us to rededicate ourselves to the Lord. Now today is the last candle. I started lighting the Hanukkah candles. If you look out there, I put it in our window, and uh, I was leaving them lip- for 30 minutes, that's what they say that you're supposed to do, but I didn't think they were gonna last if I lit them for 30 minutes a night because they're getting mighty tiny like this. So I light them for about five minutes and then I blow them out. So tonight's the last Hanukkah candle, right? It's about rededication. You know what? John the Baptist's message is perfect for that. John the Baptist said, prepare the way of the Lord. You heard that in the video. John the Baptist was born six months before Jesus. He was probably Jesus' cousin, or maybe Jesus' second cousin. We're not totally sure, but they're definitely related. And I won't go into all the details. You can talk to Pastor Craig about that. He's been uh, teaching out of Luke in the back room, back here for several months now, and they covered this in some depth. But nonetheless, Jesus and John the Baptist are related. John the Baptist came with the express purpose of bringing about repentance in the people so that they would be prepared to receive Jesus. Now, Jesus is coming back, and we have the same need. We have the same need of rededication. We have the same need of repentance. We have the same need to prepare our hearts for the Lord. Amen? Amen. You prepare your home for the relations to come in for Thanksgiving and Christmas, right? You make all these preparations for all these different things. But are we willing to prepare our hearts and prepare ourselves for the coming of Jesus? Because I'm telling you, the Lord wants to do great things in your life. The Lord wants to do great things in the life of this church. And I think he's waiting. I think he's waiting for us to put our hearts where our hearts need to be, to do what John the Baptist said, to prepare the way of the Lord. All right, let's pray together. Father, thank you for the opportunity to gather together on a Sunday morning. Um, it became rather o- obvious uh, in the last year that uh, we take that for granted, the, just the ability to freely leave our homes and earn an income. We've taken so many of these things for granted. And so I wanna offer thanks, Father, that we had the privilege to gather together today. And uh, I pray that we will continue during this time of Advent to see it as an opportunity to rededicate ourselves to you to uh to repent to make our hearts right so that we can receive the lord as you jesus came the first time uh, as a baby in a manger so you have promised to return and to rule and to take control of this wild world this world that is so full of trouble and strife and pain so many so many bad things going on that we hear about in the news but we turn to you, the Prince of Peace, to bring peace into each of our hearts, into our families, and to allow us to be uh, those who are bringers of peace, harbingers of peace into the lives of others uh, who we we will encounter. I pray that we will be peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God, children of God. I pray that we will be peacemakers. So um, invite each of us by your spirit, in a way that i can't and uh, i pray that each person will respond to your invitation and receive your peace in jesus name amen